Hey, this is Ashley Arsenault-Jones. You're listening to Master of One Podcast. You can find me and my work at Small Chalk on Instagram. Welcome to another episode of the Master of One Podcast, the podcast that's packed and ready for a journey. Part one this week, we talk about Tomb Raider, Wasteland Express Delivery Service, and the art of ooh. I'm Andrew, your master of art and design. I'm Patrick, your master of television and film. And I'm Luke, your master of toys and games. So set your clocks to adventure, because it's time for another episode. I think I missed it this time. every episode off by going around the table which is where we talk about something new fun and noteworthy about our weeks luke we don't often start with you why don't you tell us about your week all right uh okay so this week man uh i tore out uh part of our kitchen we have you know how we had that like little in anger yeah i was really mad so i just tore out part of the kitchen just really pissed you off yeah no No, is your seven part risk game done yet yeah yeah, I didn't win. Okay. okay. But this this isn't connected to that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I was so mad. I was so mad I came <laughs> home and tore up some of the kitchen. No, so we're getting new flooring in uh, our living room and our kitchen and our hallway. And we have that little, like, weird countertop that's, like, six inches lower than the rest of our countertops. And it juts out in the middle of the room. And yeah. I tore it out this week. So... Our whole kitchen and dining room is like way more open and it seems bigger, which is good because that will help resale value if we ever move, which is cool. It, so. was, it was like the countertop equivalent of an above ground pool. Yeah. It, like it was fine, but it wasn't right. You know? Yeah. It, was, it wasn't going to turn any heads. Yeah, no. It was just kind of there. It just collected mail and... uh just random junk that the kids would bring home from school. Your pool collects mail. No, the yeah, countertop. I, like I, I do feel like this lost the metaphor at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine you just throwing old mail into a pool. Ah, uh, Bill, man. <laughs> don't want to pay this. <laughs> don't want to pay this. Um, okay. Uh, so I did that. And then the other thing, uh, two more things. I started listening to a book that I'd listened to or read, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago, but it's Bone Shaker by uh, Sherry Priest. And it's kind of um, end of like the 1800s, kind of the, well, maybe like 1870s. Um, it's a little steampunky and uh, it takes place in Seattle. And the idea is that uh, this this Seattle has been overrun like the middle of the city by this kind of blight, um, somebody created a, a steampunk drilling machine and unearthed this blight kind of fog. And there's like zombies and stuff. And it's the story of this kid uh, who goes in there to try and find some answers about his family. Uh, and it's really cool. It's really good. Um, but I uh, I revisited it because it was uh, I found it in my Audible, and I was like, oh man, this is really good. I want to. 
I'm going to listen to it, and I hope it's going to be made into a movie or a TV show. It's like, I feel like it's perfect for it, but I haven't heard how anything. Old's the, how old's the kid in the book? 15. Okay. Do you, so when you're listening to, um, uh, so something like that, it, it, books, audio books, like you're kind of imagining this, the scenery and you're injecting that yeah. uh, into it. Do you just put your kids in the lead roles? Like, is no, that, they're not old enough yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, so I would say I, if they were older, really, maybe I, it would be really hard to do that in my, in my opinion, because you already have in your mind what your kid is and their if their name is the same that would be different like if they're if i was reading a character whose name was cooper it would be hard for me to not picture cooper but i think if like if the character's name is you know like uh Shimshaw. this character's name is zeke right so like if the character's name is zeke i i would never naturally picture my own kid. In I would, I would say probably a mix for me. I would say if he was, if, if let's say Jonas, who's 10, if he was 15, I would imagine probably some of the ways that the character responds in the story. I would imagine Jonas and how, if he's ever responded that way to something and try and like maybe get a better idea of what that looks but like. It's not more right, but it's not so much about you putting like picturing that character as your kid as much as it is being able to relate to it. Right, exactly. Yep, right? you're right. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, it's a great story. Uh, if you like steampunk kind of stuff at all, give it a listen. And then the last thing is, uh, I'm, I'm, this is a guilty pleasure. I'm not too proud of it, but I'm really enjoying it. I started watching American Idol, <laughs> like this season of American Idol. Okay. Uh, is I Andrew like, on it? What? Is Andrew on it? No, he didn't yeah. make it. Um, he tried though, man, Still. so that's good. Uh, it's I. There's something about watching people have a chance to fulfill their dreams that like, I just freaking love it. I eat it up. And I don't know. Like, I don't know why I care that I like it or feel like I shouldn't like it. I like it. It's good. So... Andrew, what song did you sing for your audition? Um, a whole new world. No, it was Jason Mraz. I'm trying to remember which one it was, but it was Jason Mraz. Wordplay. It wasn't wordplay. Why? Or because it wasn't wordplay. Well, that's why you didn't make it. No, I no. It Mi- was whatever it was the Mr. one a that was Z. like his. It was whatever his big one was at the time that I auditioned. Is what I did. You and I both. Nope. I'm hmm. yours. I'm yours. That's oh, I'm yours. yeah, that's the other one. I, those are the three I know. <laughs> Did you make it through like the first round? No. No, and, and maybe someday when we have 16 hours for an episode, I'll explain all of the, the politics behind it, but it's it really is an absolute crapshoot. Um, it's not necessarily... If you... If you don't make it, it doesn't mean that you're not good. I'm not saying this to make myself feel better. This is legit. Like there are people who I think were way better than me who didn't make it. Um, and it's so much has to do with what song you're singing and how many times the producers who you're singing it to have heard it already. And if they're tired of it, um, if someone in the previous group before you just got through, you're not going to make it through, even if you're amazing. Um, and, 
it's it's so there's so many opportunities like it's really subjective was what you're saying the whole selection process is subjective it's not really based on talent it's not like oh yeah you can you can do this you can do this you're in it's not like that at all it's uh it's totally it's it's just a crap which is um, which sucks but at the same time if you think about how many people come through those auditions in the cities that's exactly what i was gonna say you have to do it that way our audition day the uh the arena uh, could seat like seventeen thousand people, and I think there were like ten to twelve thousand people auditioning. That's crazy. That's crazy. And it's it's seriously, it's like the producers the would love do. to just look at a section and be like, "Section H, go home." How much? How yeah. much time did you have? Like, in- you get thirty seconds. You go, you line up. I just said someday I'll explain this, but I'll give you the the, the condensed <laughs> version. You line up four people four people across uh-huh. three to four rows deep yeah like a cat like a cattle call you st- when they tell you to go you step forward that person gets 30 seconds then they step back the next person gets 30 seconds then they step back 30 seconds step back 30 seconds step back and then you stick you st- all stand there while the three producers confer with each other and then they Will say they'll tell you whatever it is they're going to tell you. Typically, like ninety nine point nine percent of the time, they say go down this hallway, and then that very rare point one percent of the time, they'll send one person down this other hallway where Ryan Seacrest is, and all of like that's where they get all your information and they um, get your story, sure, and they determine like whether or not mm-hmm. you're going to be somebody worth like following around with the camera crew and all that stuff. That's how they get all the the videos and stuff, right? Um, but uh, it's seriously that's that's how it works, and then that next group of people steps forward, and the next, and they're constantly backfilling it. Um, and there's probably there were probably at least ten to fifteen tables. Each table had three producers at it. Sure. They were they were just uh, they were just divided off at the bottom of the arena by pipe and drape. So like yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, that's 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 how it works. I mean, they usher so many people through there over the course of the sure. day. It's it's nuts. Yeah. yeah, I would have opened my mouth and then thrown up and then just <laughs> gone ahead and walked down the hallway. <laughs> you probably would have made it's it not, through. <laughs> it's not really. I mean, when you see the process, uh, it's really not as intimidating. Um, yeah, because it's, it's so uh, man, it's so regimented that you don't really have time to think through actually what's happening you don't yeah you don't have time yeah that's that's the reality of it it's um, so fast. but anyway the show it's on it's on cbs now or whatever it's not on fox anymore and it's lionel richie katie perry and uh luke bryant and uh i don't know man it's i like it it's good so if well, you I like the song dancing on the ceiling so that's like enough for me to watch an episode okay <laughs> that's fair yeah uh yeah, that's it uh patrick okay you're weak Listen, guys. No, no, no. He was calling you weak. You're weak. (laughs) You are weak. (laughs) Listen, guys. Let your geek side show. Okay. That's clever, right? Yeah. Yeah, your geek side show. Here's the thing. This week, I opened my mailbox because I wanted, I ordered a shirt. The shirt didn't come in, so I'm still wearing this same shirt. But what (laughs) was in wearing for the last six months? (laughs) There's a new shirt on the way, everybody. However... This box your was in there. Shirt. I was not expecting this box, so I opened it. Whoa, it's not open. Yeah, that's that's how you know something's fancy when you have to open it a second time oh. to open it. Okay, so this so apparently um, there's something to do with some game or or something. Court of the Dead. 
It's yes. an original. It's an original sideshow property, yeah. and yeah. so they're oh, they're man. talking about that mm-hmm. on this uh, inside piece. But this is what's awesome. This box. Hold on. Let me sit aside has this really incredible art book inside of it. It's inside the Sideshow Studio. That's awesome. Very high quality printing. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to show it to everybody at the same time. We all know I'm bad at this at this point. Showing like um, pictures of sculpting and taking pictures and painting and file cabinets and uh there's like some quotes in here from people and things like that i love that. that you decided to highlight the file cabinets <laughs> I, I, the page you. of file cabinets i don't know what to tell you incredibly high quality i mean like very heavy paper very very um like the it's a well-produced the, book it's a very well-produced book it just feels like a slightly small coffee table book sure <laughs> and if you have a small coffee table Great book. Yeah. Or if you already have 15 other books on your coffee table, it's a perfect fit. Yes. Now, in addition to that, let me see if I can flip this around again. It also came loaded with gift cards. What? Um, so I've got $75 off any Court of the Dead item, nice. 100 off any legendary scale figure, 50 off anything in stock, and 25 off a framed art, a framed art print. I said framed. Don't worry about it. Dang. Uh, and it came with a pin. It's a, a sideshow pin as well, which Aww, I'll never be. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Let's see if we can focus. There it goes right there. Geek nice. Sideshow. Um, but to get something you're not expecting, and certainly, again, it's like an advertising piece. Sure. Good job. It's a very this, well, this well is done incredibly, advertising Incredibly well done piece. I remember seeing at uh, Comic-Con the whole Court of the Dead. That was right after we had talked to David Igo from Sideshow. And yeah. uh, we saw their whole Court of the Dead like setup, and I fell in love with like that IP because it was their original IP, and it's very like uh, dark fantasy. Like um, there's like you know magic and necromancy and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, and then through Instagram now, I've seen a whole bunch of like teases about the game. So they have a game coming yeah. out based on. Uh, that IP that looks, I don't know what it, I don't know exactly what it is. It looks something kind of like a um, massive darkness or, or maybe like the others or some sort of like role playing game with minifigures and stuff. It looks really awesome. So, yeah. So uh, but it's um, being put out with its sideshow and project Raygun who did the thing. Oh, Oh, that's great. Right. Yeah. The game. Yeah. So um, anyway, very, very cool. Very unexpected. So a very cool thing to do. Uh, a very, it's a very cool surprise to get is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Very, very well done. It's a, it's a, honestly, like I've only ever bought one figure from Sideshow, which happens to be sitting beside me, which is the uh, baby Groot figure. This is the only piece I've ever picked up from them. And in the scope of things that Side, Sideshow makes and sells, it's actually a pretty inexpensive piece. And sure. um, so it, that, also, this just feels, um, uh, it, it, I don't know, it, it feels... A lot, of va- a lot of value given back. A lot of value, thank you. You Man, you're so good at talking. Andrew, I, do, I do it I, almost professionally. I have. I don't know if I've told you that recently, but I like when you talk. Um, so anyway, that's the big thing. Uh, beyond that, I've gotten uh, a bit addicted to uh, a game that is not a new game, a, a game called Plague Inc. It's been around since 2012, and uh, I'm just very late to the party. If, if you go to the um, uh, the App Store, it, it, the games category, you're going to see it's it's it, you know top three 
um, as far as reviews and, and playing and things like that. Um, b- basically, you just try to kill the entire world using either like a virus or a bacteria. Um, and uh, it, it's just, uh, man, it is addictive. And it, it's cool the way they throw in um, kind of some current, uh, whether it's political, social, uh, commentary, climate. Sure. Um, Cause you're getting a, you're seeing like a news ticker the whole time. And so it, it adds a bit of levity uh, to the game and, and uh, but it's uh, really fun. So if you're looking, I, I, I won't go into the gameplay, but if you're looking for a way to kill some time, uh, if you know, let's say you've got some type of bowel problem and you're spending a lot of time in the bathroom, uh, I would recommend plague Inc. Yeah. Um, that's the strongest recommendation I can they, give. So Andrew, wait, well, oh, wait. back to play Inc. for one second. There's a board game of it too. That came out last year. I think I, um, you can buy the board game through the app Yeah, and it's, it's not that expensive. And I like this close to buying it. And then I said, actually, let me go read the reviews on it. And then I'll decide. And Review, uh, reviews are okay. I haven't played yeah. it obviously, but I played a ton of the, the mobile game. So I'm, he I'm interested have, to play. He has bowel obstruction. Yeah. A lot so. of it. Yeah. Yeah, just a ton of obstruction. <laughs> he is full of crap. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, Andrew. Um, all right, so uh, I don't like hearing I, you talk as much when you say stuff. Like yeah, that. I know, I know you don't, but I'm going to push through anyway. I, it's um, been good for me. I yeah. Uh, actually, you know what's funny? I was listening back to some uh, episodes. I've gotten through several books on Audible, and I just kind of took a couple day hiatus off of books. And so when I was working out uh, yesterday and today, I listened to some of our episodes and uh, to catch up on some of the, I like listening back to the, especially the ones with guests because um, I can just enjoy the interview as opposed to actively asking questions sure. and things. But in the process of listening back, I realized that Luke and I gang up on you a lot. I know. <laughs> like, like, I, I, like, I know that it happens, uh, like, in real time, but when you listen to a bunch of episodes consecutively, <laughs> yeah. like, back to back, I'm like, oh, man, we, like, every time you start a category, it takes at least three minutes for you to get to what you're talking about because <laughs> we are just giving you shit. <laughs> Great. I'm, I, uh, that's, that serves as confirmation to me. Good. Um, because you've always feel, you've always felt ganged up on. You just didn't know if it was true or not. But it yeah. is. So yeah. you made the comment about when you go back and listen, you can actually like pay attention to the guests. Yeah. I. It is no joke that twenty five percent of the information I hear from a guest when I re listen, it feels like brand new information. Yeah. It feels new. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's and that might sound that might sound cold or harsh or whatever, but it's just the reality. Anybody who interviews people. You're, you're constantly having to active, you're active listening, but active listening doesn't allow you to absorb everything. It yeah. allows you to pick up on cues so you can, you know, make the most out of the conversation. And so you don't always just to get to sit, sit and relax and listen. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, that's another story. But anyway, I had a really great um, mail week that came out of nowhere. Shander ordered something for me, but I'm going to hold off and talk about that for my master category because it's really, really rad. Um, the, a couple of things that have happened this week, um, I, one, this is not, this is happening next week, but I'm really excited about, uh, ready player one. Like it comes out next week. I'm stoked. Yeah. The latest Um, trailer got me so pumped for it. It's, it's really good. Um, also the Avengers, uh, infinity war, uh, Alamo draft house is doing the, the, uh, couple of my, uh, mind, 
couple of pint glasses, but they haven't revealed the art for them yet mm. or shown who's doing them. But Matt Taylor is doing all of the pins. Yeah. So it's all the profile pins of uh, yeah. like Star Lord and Spider Man, um, and a couple of of the other Avengers. So I'm really excited to see that. That's just in five weeks, um, but tickets are already on sale for that. Um, this week I have been watching this show, uh, Sneaky Pete. Yeah, Giovanni Ribisi. This show is great. Um, if you've never watched it, uh, it's an Amazon original show, and it's like Luke, like Luke just said, it's Giovanni Ribisi. Um, who you'd recognize as Phoebe's brother um, from <laughs> yeah. uh, from Friends. Uh, he's been in a thousand other things too, but that's Mod where Squad, I like man. really. What? The Mod Squad movie. Yeah, see, I've never seen the Mod Squad movie. What? Um, yeah, I haven't. Um, and Brian Cranston in the first season uh, is in there. He's, he's one of the creators of the show, or he's at least a producer. Um, but. Um, it's a really, really great. I'm not going to give it a full review, but uh, it's a it's a really fun, uh, like Ocean's Eleven-y type of story. Mm. Um, it's this guy who gets uh, out of jail and and essentially take. He's a con artist and he takes this guy's identity um, and tries to to make right with the guy who who got him, uh, who he kind of screwed over, Brian Cranston, um, to get him in prison. And then season two, at the end of season one, you think everything is good to go. And, and have you seen both seasons, Luke? No. So I watched the pilot. Amazon put the pilot out like a year and a half ago. And I thought it was a new season. So I start, I watched the first episode and I was like, what? Where's the rest of it? And then heard nothing until the last like okay. month. Okay. Well, so season one ends... Uh, you think everything is fine, and then there's a there's a cliffhanger at the end of it. Fortunately for me, I picked it up when season two had already released, so I was able to just go right away and watch season two. Um, season two dives into a whole nother whole nother realm. It's really really well done. The acting is superb. Um, the story is very captivating. The characters are great. It's a binge worthy show. Like I. I I watched it until almost 4 a.m. to finish season two just because I couldn't stop watching. I nice. wanted to know what was going to happen. So uh, Sneaky Pete, it's on Amazon. Uh, go check it out. There's 10 episodes per season, so it's not it's not that bad of a, of a – you, you, know, you could binge it in three or four days cool. um, and be good. Um, and then the other thing is uh, I finally – I've been – feel like I've been ca- playing catch-up uh, on a lot of stuff lately because there's been a lot of – extra stuff on my plate uh, recently and um, just without going into any of that, it's just been crazy. Uh, and so last night I decided I'm going to, I finally have gotten caught up on some freelance work. I've been able to kind of get, you know, get my feet underneath me and, and take a breath. And so I decided to clean up my desktop on, uh, on my laptop and then go one step further and clean up my downloads folder. Mm. Um, so you leave stuff in your downloads folder. Yeah. No, not everybody is you, Patrick. Yeah. Someone today said, hey, can you just, uh, I just need an MP3 to test something out. Can you just grab one off your computer? I said, there's not an MP3 on my computer. And they're like, no, just go to your searchlight and just search for an MP3 and just grab one. And I did. And there's literally not an MP3 on my yeah, computer. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> you you are not the norm. Like no, most, you're not. You are not the norm. Um, so anyway, I sat for... Uh, I don't know, cleaned up my desktop. It took me about 30 minutes because when I actively work on files, like when I'm actually actively working on podcast episode artwork or um, client work or whatever, 
I leave active assets on my desktop while I'm doing that. And then when I'm done, I clean it up. Well, the problem is I haven't been doing the cleanup afterwards. So I spent about 30 minutes cleaning up my desktop. And then no joke, for an hour and 45 minutes, almost two hours, I went through my downloads and threw stuff away that I didn't need anymore or moved stuff over to like where it should be categorized or whatever for an hour and 45 minutes. Um, And I feel like I'm looking at my computer right now and everything is cleaned up. Everything feels nice. I ran, you know, I ran an update. Uh, I took stuff off of my dock that I don't use anymore, like that kind of stuff. And it feels like just a weight is off of my shoulders. It's crazy how much you can feel bogged down. I think I cleared like 50 gigs worth of stuff off of my computer um, that I just didn't need anymore. So, uh, And I'm sure I could take even more off if I actually sorted through stuff that I really don't use anymore, like client work from seven years ago. Yeah. But I still keep all that archived. And if I was smart, I would probably get some like, uh, I'd archive it somewhere uh, in the cloud and then get it off of my computer. But as for now, I'm fine on storage. But anyway, that feels, that felt great. Like it felt great to, uh, to, to kind of get that back up and get in order. And uh, man, it just feels good. You posted a couple gems from the podcast on our, our patron uh, that oh, yeah, that's right. That. So the, our patrons benefited from me cleaning yeah. things up because I found some old outtakes, um, <laughs> like old outtakes, like from from like month four of the podcast outtakes. Oh. Uh, and Oatmeal. they are good. Oatmeal. They are much funny. So um, if you're not a patron, there's a plug for you right there. Go I ahead. I feel and- more proud of that stuff now than I did then. <laughs> I, feel, I we, feel the opposite. <laughs> If you look, if you look at it though, like so much has changed, oh, right? I know. And not, and not just so much has changed. It's so like the quality of what we do has, like, if you ever question, like if, if what we do now is better than what we did then, <laughs> all you have to do is go back and watch one of those things. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we were even able to make it past three months oh when you go gosh. back and look at that stuff. So, uh, but it's anyway, that's a lot of fun. The master category part of the show is when we get to talk about the tokens we drew the week before, which give us our categories. We pick our topics based on those categories, and that's how you get the best information we've ever been able to give you. Ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, We're not great at finding information, so that doesn't speak to the value of information, (laughs) just that it's the best we can find. (laughs) We're not good at seeking it out. Um, But uh, with that being said, Patrick, why don't you wait until the end because you have something we can all talk about um, you start andrew oh okay i'll start um so i got uh art and design if you go back and listen to the uh, last week's episode you'll find that that's true <laughs> <laughs> um and uh so like i said it, earlier in the around the category portion um i had a really great mail day this week that i didn't even know was coming because my wife what you said around the category portion is that what I said? Yeah. I don't know that that's – I don't know. The only way to know for sure is to check for sure. Um, but in uh, – I got a really great mail day that I didn't know was coming because Chandra, my wife, uh, bought something for me and uh, it showed up and just out of nowhere. So I'm going to show you and then I'll tell everybody what it is. I got the art of Ooh, Ooh. which is the art book for Adventure Time. And if you look, it is a hefty book. It is it a is, big book. It is not a small – uh, not a small deal. 
Um, this is going to be pretty short. It's going to be a pretty short review. If you don't like Adventure Time, you won't like this book. That makes <laughs> sense. If you do like Adventure Time, this book will be so much fun for you. So it goes, it tells you the entire story of how Adventure Time came to be. Um, it's not just a book about the art. It's it's essentially a, a chronicling, an, an archiving of the entire project. And the show is in its final season right now. It's just now finishing up its mm. its series run. Um, but if you look, I mean, it it's, I'm going to try to show show this, you know, as well as I can. Um, it's beautiful. Like it's laid out so well that it's so rich in content sure. and in uh, design and history. And what I love about it, you know, I mean, if you've been listening to the show for more than 60 seconds, you know that I'm a huge fan of Guillermo del Toro. Yep. Um, I kind of feel like I'm his unofficial spokesman, at least for Spirit the podcast. The introduction to this book was written by Guillermo del Toro, um, and so to see that that he uh, he's a he's a, a present day hero of mine. To see that he is as invested in this um, as I am is is awesome because uh, he's he's obviously well trusted and well loved in the, in the the film community. Um, just won Best Director, uh, Golden Globe, and the Oscar, and so. Uh, he he wrote the introduction for this book. It's so much fun. If you like Adventure Time at all, you will get something out of this book. If you like history, uh, not like not like world history. If you like world history, this, <laughs> you won't like this very much. But if you like to read process, this sure. thing this thing seriously, it's it's an A to Z of uh, of anything you could ever want to know. This is um, the encyclopedia essentially of Adventure Time. Uh, shows you its origin and talks about why and what and 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 all of the the weird fun in, in between uh it's really really good so um i don't know how much it was because i didn't buy it yeah uh, oh. it retails for 35 dollars, so that's not bad um especially for what you're getting i mean i think that essentially just covers printing cost yeah um because this is a really weighty hefty book it's got the great spot varnish on the front mm-hmm. of it um if you can see on the um, letters with uh jake and finn on the front yeah, gosh, uh, that, that's all. Where does the review. ooh come from? What is the art of ooh? Is that I don't ooh is the is their world? That's uh, okay, the, that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um. Anyway, that's all. If you are Adventure Time lover, pick up this book. Uh, if you have a spouse, drop major hints that you want it, and who knows, me it may show up on your doorstep, and you just hmm. didn't know. Great um, point. Here, you want to know the scary thing about this though? What? So t- this will timestamp this episode a little bit. I live in San Antonio. Um, and specifically I live in the suburb, the suburb of San Antonio, the city is called shirts. Um, and if you know, shirts, Texas, uh, made national news this week because there was, uh, that, uh, the FedEx bomber. Um, and that all happened the day this came in the mail. (sighs) And so I, I didn't know this was coming. Right. Right. And so I didn't know that this was going to be that I had a package coming. All this like that whole day it was it was a um, bomb literally went off at your FedEx facility oh, in I dro- shirts. I dro- yeah, For when those I was going to get coffee, know, like, I drove literally past. a bomb went off there. Yes, yeah. a bomb went off there, um, injuring the the worker there, destroying lots of stuff, um, and uh, several other bombs went off in Austin uh, with the weeks pre- you know leading up to that. People have died. Like it was a, it was a big thing. Yeah, and so to get 
a couple of boxes in the mail, one of, it, one of which you didn't know was coming on that exact day. Um, was a little uh, uh, unnerving. A little scary, but, yeah. Um, I just imagine you with like a, a skiing pole, like at a distance, digging it out of the mailbox. And then bro, like... You, you're not far off from from the... Like I opened the, the deal and saw it and kind of stepped back and was trying to... Like I used my flashlight to read if it was addressed to me or not before I reached my hand in to grab it. Yeah, I mean... It's better safe than sorry, right? No, that's yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I didn't find a bomb. I found an incredibly well-produced uh, book that I will cherish. A bomb book. Okay. <laughs> Mark okay. it. <laughs> um, that's it for mine. Luke, take us into Toy Town. Okay. The Toy Town. Um, I'm going to talk about Game Town. Uh, so I got, uh, I talked about a couple games, uh, that I had gotten recently and I'm going to talk about one of them cause I got a chance to play it and it's awesome. I'm talking about Wasteland Express, uh, delivery service by Pandasaurus Games. First of all, the art of this book or art of this game is insane. It's like, um, they should make a book about the art of that game. I agree. It's, it is like, uh, slight it feels like slightly cell shaded but really likes um i don't know my terminology is all off this is andrew's world not mine like uh sketchy style line work like it's it's very kind of loose um it's really good but it's the whole game is um you it's territory control or you just go around and you gather resources and you're the whole thing is to gain victory points by um taking cargo across this this wasteland um and it's kind of like mad max style um and like there are so it looks like fury road yeah i mean it's, it's very much uh inspired by the latest installment of mad max this game so this is how thick the box is and it comes with instructions on how to put everything away like there yeah, are that looks like so sm- that looks just like small world. There's so many components to this game. It and is And when you unreal. say this is how thick the box is, it's almost the size of like two bricks stacked on top of each other. Yeah, I don't know why I thought of bricks. There's no, probably it, better it's measurements. It's easily four and a half inches deep. The box for a that's board good. game that's a, a ton. Um, but there's all of these tokens that come in a, a case. Uh, there's markers. That's probably why the the cost is is what it is. Yeah, it's not a it's not a very book. cheap game. Yeah. Um, more but components. The packaging is very well done. It's very well done, and it's. I mean, you have all your pieces there. All of these little like uh, you you gather food and water and weapons, and then your that cover fell off right I'm now. Waiting those, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. So that's the awesome part about it. So it 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 has like little grooves where it clicks <laughs> in, so it won't. It won't do oh, that. Oh, you're playing with fire. No, I'm not because my, it's designed be very my, well. My butthole puckered oh. a little bit. Just like, <laughs> um, so the cool part. It's like the one time the Dairy Queen person turns the blizzard over. No, just I mean, everybody's out. seen the video of the guy with the like the unbreakable cell phone uh, screen where they had the hammer at the trade show and he hits yeah. it with a hammer and just shatters it. Shatters it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So there are there are six different um, players that you can have, and all of them come with their own little mini truck. Um, I'm trying to show you guys, and then I'll show everybody else. Yeah, it's a very well done mini. 
Yeah, it's it's super detailed for how small it is. It's not it's not wanting to focus. Looks here. like an APC on steroids. We I, I, I believe you. See it, Luke. Well, I'm trying to show everybody else. Oh, you're showing the other camera right now. Okay, yeah. all right. Now that's us. You're for sure showing. Us. Yeah, I'm showing you now. You see it? Yeah. It's yeah. gray. Um, it has two cannons. Yeah, so it's plastic. It's and, small. Uh, it's all different kinds of like um, semi truck trailers and yeah. Uh, there's one that looks like. Uh, like straight up, uh, Optimus Prime. Like, it, there's no nice. like hiding it. It's it's just a, a complete ripoff. Um, anyway, the game is super good. Good. Um, you, <laughs> I know, I know. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, you. So you you go across this um area, and it's made the the map is made up of these uh twelve hexes. So you put these all around uh, the table into a square and then the in the diagonal points, let me try and get this out because it's easier to show and I'll try and explain it while I show you. There's so many pieces. You put, squ- you put squares in to complete the, the transaction. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> I say, my mouth, there's not a situation where my, where my mouth does that shape. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So, oh, it's yeah. like Catan. It's like setting it's up like a Catan. It's like a huge Catan board, yeah. So but then, then you, you put fill the in little, those gaps with little squares. Yeah, it, so in the middle there is where you put like um, depots and little cities and stuff. Um, that where connect you, them. Yeah, and that's where you go to get. Um, so there's like, you know, the depot and there is. Those are decently sized pieces too. Yeah, so it, it all plays out. I mean. The, the board size is actually pretty big once you have it all put together with all the yeah, components spread that. around and everything. Um, but you go in and you you drive around and you have different um, you have different abilities and it's another cool thing about this game is the way that you track all of your actions that you can do in the game. So you have your um, I'm just making sure you can see it on both of these. Uh, you have your truck representation here and you have all your spaces for ammo and uh, cargo and all this stuff. And then up here you have a, a shield. So if you get a shield later in the game, you can um, have a little bit more ammo. Uh, but you have tokens that start here and you can use all these different actions um, per round. And the way it works is you have five actions that you can do and uh, you do one at a time. So you do one, then the next player does theirs, and then it comes back to you until you can't do any more actions. Um, but you can go up and you can move, and then after you move, you can either uh, you can either use combat or you can deliver something or purchase something or go to an outpost. Um, when you move, it's a cool idea. There's like a three, four, five. If you want to go f- like farther, you just you can't take any other action after you drive. And it's the idea that as you're building momentum, like in the, in the sands and in the desert, in this area, your, your car goes farther. So it, right. it it's, makes sense. It's, it's cool. It's like one of those like little things that just kind of immerses you into the world a little bit more. Um, but the game has a lot of depth, a lot of different things you can do. Also, there are these NPC factions kind of like, um, well, essentially, just like in Mad Max, these these factions that will try and um, you know ravage you and and take over things, and um, you can send them after your opponents. 
or, and, but at the same time, they can send them after you on their turns. Um, and so all of this works together to a really, it, it's fairly complex. It's, it's way more daunting, uh, to set up and to learn than it is to actually play. Once you learn how to play, it's, it's a really fun game. Uh, but to get in and start playing it, you're probably looking at about three hours to get your first game in. And then after that, it's 90 to 120 minutes. Uh, can you provoke a ravaging? You like can. If, if, if you want to be ravaged, is that an option? Well, yeah. So you, yeah. So you go into an area where, where one of the, uh, the factions are and you can do a check to try and see if, uh, you provoke them. Um, now you can't really choose to, uh, it's still a role, but, um, you, but there are ways to to put yourself in their way. Exactly, to, you can purposefully get in to their stack area. The odds against yourself. Yeah. Uh, and Great. and those do certain things because if you kill uh, them, you can steal things from them that they have. So so how much is this game? This so this game speaks to me. Yeah. Because there's a lot of tiny pieces. Yeah. It's, and it's it seems awesome. fun. It seems fun just to set up and, and tear down. Probably I'd have as much fun doing that as actually playing it. But how much does this game cost? Because this does not look cheap. Uh, it's it's actually not bad. It's not as much as you would probably think. It was six. It's sixty bucks on Amazon. So at your That's local store, probably seventy five, maybe. Um, but yeah, sixty it, on it Amazon retails for sixty five. Yeah, um, wow. it's totally worth it. You can actually it. buy this at Walmart. I've seen it. I so I Which saw it at weird. Target. I think I haven't seen it at Walmart yet. Um, but yeah, it's super good and it's a great game. And the art style is really fun. Uh, the style is, it's very it's much. Not, it's not for kids though. Like the art, the art is. No, no, no. It's, it's moderately graphic. Yeah, in absolutely. Nature. And it's violent. I mean, it's a violent, yeah. I mean, it's set, you know, that theme. If you've seen Mad Max or heard of anything Mad Max, you know, it's not a very, you know, it's And how many visceral. people can play it? Uh, up to five, five players. Okay. As, min, as low, as little as two? Two. Uh, there cool. actually might be a solo. No, it's two to five. I thought there was a cool. solo. That was another game. Uh, yeah, it's super good. So, Patrick, take us home. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider. That's what I just saw. Mm-hmm. That's the hey, one that came out. Are you going to bring this- that with you, by the way? Yeah. Uh, n- I don't know. It's a big okay. box. Okay. Don't That's worry right. about it. Um, so, Tomb Raider is a film I saw this week. First, let me take a second to say... Some great trailers came out this week. The new Deadpool 2 trailer actually got me excited for the film. First one was a big disappointment. This the latest one's great. The new uh, trailer for Ready Player One is beautiful. If that just doesn't get you pumped to just see that film. Um, and then also some great shows coming out. Barry comes out. Um, well, actually, the day we're recording, it's coming out tomorrow. But by the time this episode comes out, Barry will be out on HBO. And then um, and Barry is who again? It's, um, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to look it up just because Wilmer Valderrama. No, nope. It's, um, what a weird Bill Hader. (laughs) I can never remember Bill Hader's name. And I always like think of him as the police officer in, um, great, great. (laughs) Always, huh? Always. What a, yeah, man. Always. What is the film, someone? I don't know. With McLovin. He's the police officer. Oh, super bad. 
Super bad. That's I always. That's how I always. I forgot he was Bill in Hader. that. <laughs> I hate that movie. So I have zero. I it's a really bad movie. I, I think that movie is so stupid. <laughs> anyway, Bill Hader. So Barry's coming out. It's gonna be a great film. And then um, there's uh, Unsane. That movie comes out. The whole movie was shot on a uh, iPhone seven using a thirty dollar camera, like a thirty dollar lens. Like attached Tangerine. To it. Like well, Tangerine was actually shot on a 5s. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> so, the same idea. Same idea, and so uh, the whole thing was shot on iPhone Seven, and uh, it 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 looks beautiful. Watch the preview for it. It's a horror film, though, and uh, and so you do have whether I don't know how intentional it was. Uh, the the coloring looks really good. Like the picture quality looks good. You do have kind of this like slight bending to a lot of the wide shots, and I yep. don't know if that's something from the phone or if it's a choice for the. Uh, for the lenses they used at the same time, because of the style film, it's a, it's a, it, it revolves around a psych ward and things like that. It totally fits in the style. So, um, anyway, the point that, is the dra- at our draft house. So I should maybe go yeah. try to check that out. I, I'll, I'll literally go see it just for the, the, the way it was shot. So anyway, um, a lot of really cool things coming out. I won't cause it's a horror film. Great. But last week, there were a lot of things that hadn't come out yet, which led me to see Tomb Raider. And um, this one was rough for me. Uh, so the, the movie has one of my favorite actors, Walt, Walton Goggins. Uh, if you don't know who Walton Goggins is uh, from, the, from the show Justified, that's how I initially was introduced to him. He was Boyd Crowder, who's like the, the main bad guy in Justified. But um, Walton Goggins, he also he does a great job playing bad guys. Um, he, really he was also in de- he was also in Death Cure um, yeah. for uh, Maze Runner, the latest one. He, and he also ended up playing a a, a guy of questionable uh, morality. <laughs> and um, so anyway, but he he's incredible. So he's still totally captivating. And then the casting for uh, Laura Croft, which is Alicia uh, Vikander, Vikander. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was a great Laura Croft. Yep, I, I, I think her personality, I like how scrappy she was and it, it felt like a really great, like I, it came off as very, very uh, human and mm-hmm. uh, not like superhero. Like it right. definitely felt like, like just a smart in shape person, you know? And sure, so yeah. I, I really liked her as Laura Croft. Now that being said, the vehicle that both these people were in, um, it just felt pretty paint by numbers. I mean, it's it was pretty easy to guess when things were going to happen. It, it's you know, it's very easy to understand what's uh what's going to come next. I mean, you know, we're able to kind of guess the key to the to the sequel, and I I managed to guess the last line of the film and things like that, just because it's just a rehash of of something that you see every single summer through one or another. So again, Walton Goggins is still captivating because he just he, he's amazing and is able to do that. And I love the casting for Laura, but the, the film was, was a bit frustrating in how plain it was. Uh, now I, a comment was made, um, by who I went and saw the film with that I think was a very good comment. And that's that if this film had a bit more levity, I mean, there were times I find my, I found myself laughing that I shouldn't have been laughing. If they had been a bit more intentional, um, and not trying to be a parody and not trying to be some guardians or something like that. But, but thinking of something like, um, um, uh, Ragnarok. I oh, mean, 
I'm sorry. What'd you say? Thor? Did you say Fraggle Rock? Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think Fraggle Rock is the right style <laughs> at okay, all. Cool. Yep. I mean, there's, they have, yeah. If, if this film had twenty percent more dozers in it, <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> um, no. If if this had felt more like Indiana Jones, like that level of levity, sure. which it's kind of an easy comparison because I of the similarities. Feel like it did have that level of levity though? I don't feel like it was intentional. <laughs> like I, so oh, I, I, I do. I didn't feel like it did personally. I, and I, and maybe it's that the quips just didn't hit me. Like they didn't tickle my fancy and they did yours. I'm not sure to me. It, it missed me. Now the one person I think was a miscast. The one person I think did not fit was Daniel Wu. Uh, he played Lou Ren in the film and, um, he, he ends up, uh, initially kind of being the guide. And then, um, he's kind of loosely connected the rest of the film. Although they did kind of leave him sitting out there for like 45 minutes, looking down a scope. Um, he is the least, he somehow came across as the least Asian, completely Asian person. I think I've seen in a movie because given the scenario in which we f- discover him, like the setting and his history and stuff like that. He kind of talks like a lazy Californian a little bit. Like the dialogue is dialogue or not just Californian, like American, the dialogue is dialogue I would use. And so it really just felt like it underserved his character. And on top of that, his accent was bizarre to me. I, I just didn't, it felt really weird to me. Um, so I, I don't know why take hmm. that for what it is. I would but say he, he played the least drunk alcoholic that I've ever seen. It's true too. It's true too. I just think maybe the alcohol really messed with his accent and vocabulary. Well, it's possible. I think it's. I think if you look at it as as the guise of this is a a a video game movie and not a film, like it gets a lot of passes. Like I feel like I agree with that. I it that it was, didn't it was matter to me. It was super entertaining. Like, I I, I loved was, it. Like I walked away. I think we're probably on a spectrum here. I think it's, uh, it probably goes Patrick the least. I'm probably somewhere in the middle and then Luke is probably the most, but I, I, I looked at it through the lens of, was there stuff that was predictable? Absolutely. I knew the last line of the film. I leaned over to Chris as soon as we saw the gun rack, as soon (laughs) as we saw the gun rack, I leaned over to Chris and I went, there's only one. (laughs) Yeah. I leaned over and I just went, we'll take two. (laughs) Um, and, so that was like, but that was fun for me. Like I was like, okay, because I know, I know Tomb Raider. I know Lara Croft. Yeah. I know that like I played those games. And so, you know, these certain beats that need to come in order for it to feel authentic. I felt like this was a better, um, take on the series than Angelina Jolie's version. Yeah. And I oh, don't absolutely. disagree with that. I don't um, disagree with that. Um, it's so, just, yeah, so I think what Luke said about it getting some passes, I agree. It gets some passes. I think the acting was great. For what it was, I thought it was upper echelon for what it was. Now it's not you're not comparing that to the same acting chops in like uh, you know three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, or like a, a Shape of Water. But for what it was in the lane that it was in, I thought that it was like top level for that. But it would do these weird things where you would get this like really focused shot on an object and the camera would hang a little bit too long, long enough for you to feel like, oh, that's this is we're gonna, gonna get something. A, we're gonna get a call back to that. And then it would never come back. And that happened a couple of times. The the line when she got pinned in the beginning of the movie and she called it getting um 
Um, does anybody remember the word she used, the phrase? No. Um, I totally expected that phrase to come back later. Uh, also, the thing that struck me is that Laura failed at everything. Like, she she lost the boxing match. She lost the fox race. She got uh, the boat crashed. She um, got, uh, she, she like, f- uh, fell in the river. She didn't make it across the tree. The plane wing fell. Then the whole fuselage fell. Then her parachute broke. Then the guy caught her. Like that, dude, that but that's Tomb Raider. She that's how Tomb Raider plays. Tomb Raider plays. It just consistently gets worse and worse for her. That's that's she how the was game just plays. a loser <laughs> for the sixty or seventy percent of the movie was just her losing. And uh, and and it, my the other thing too, the it was a little weird. Like I, I felt like we we had a lot of time kind of doing establishing that wasn't terribly necessary because these are so familiar to us. And then it felt like we were suddenly jumped into the cave sequence. Like that part just felt super rushed. Um, And so there was just some balance issues with the timing of things. There was some time wasted doing flashbacks to scenes that happened earlier in the film that we didn't need because we just saw it 30 minutes ago. Like I don't, I, I still remember it. So yeah. I, I, I would have, I just felt like the, again, the editing and the pacing was just, it was just slightly off for me. So I, I love the, the two main characters I love. I do love. I, I, and I love the personality that she brought. I love what the, the reveal is at the end. Like I, I love the way all that was handled. Uh, I really love the environment that's set up. I'm, I'm totally good with all of it. I'm, I actually think it didn't feel too much like a video game, which is what I enjoy. Um, yeah. There were only like two moments that I was like, oh, well, this is obviously going to be in the next one. Um, it, like it actually felt more like a, a movie to me than a video game, which I appreciate. Just so man, what, what's uh, your what's your rating on it? I, I mean, it's just mediocre. I, I, no, I what's your rating? You're not at a 10. It, it's hard yeah. to do better than a four or a five. I, 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 here's the thing, even giving it that number, I would not discourage anyone from seeing it. If you think you want to see it, it is absolutely good enough to warrant going and seeing. I, this isn't something I would tell you to avoid the theater. I agree with you too, that there were parts I enjoyed and I, I was connected to the film the whole time. Like I didn't even, even genre, even, even if you, if you parse it into the genre, you're still going to give it a four or five. It's one of the best video game movies made. Right. It that's was what, that's what. Yeah. But that. But the thing is, the the situation they end up in in the end felt so forced to get there. See, I there think there were so I, many outs the I, whole film I to avoid that situation. I think you are situation. still stuck trying to make it a movie and not a, a video game movie because that's, but that's it my follows pers- very very closely the kinds of things like Andrew said that happen in the game in the story sure. of Tomb Raider, and it, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it just I wasn't would, compelling enough for me. Like I, the, that's fine. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. compelling enough for me the way it unfolded. For like, she's this like genius when it comes to puzzle solving and making some really stupid decisions all along the way to force this really bad final scenario. It just it's hard for me to like feel that. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you also it, so. Well, never mind. I'll say this off. I'll say this off camera. Let's say it now. Um, no, 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 no. Because it's just gonna it's gonna rabbit trail, and it's not necessary. But I think the for me, I probably given that this is a parsing it out into its appropriate genre, um, I would give it probably an eight um, for that reason alone. It is very entertaining. That has great action. It has great acting. 
Uh, I would agree with you. Some of the some of the missteps in it are with either the the pacing and the editing or some of the writing. Sure. Um, that I blame it, the writing and editing for eighty five percent of what I don't like. Um, but yeah, I would I would uh, I'm not going to own this. It's not going to be on my shelf. But uh, I would probably watch it on on Netflix again. You know. Um, yeah. It's uh yeah I'd give it a, I'd give it an eight. I'd definitely give it an eight. I would maybe give it a nine just because Nick Frost was amazing in it as Max, the the pawn store owner. Like he was. Oh, oh yeah, he, he was, was That was such a good. Like, I would rather watch pawns pawn stars with him be the star. <laughs> <laughs> be no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I like. I I talked a little bit about it in our Slack channel, and I don't really want to get into it. If you like Tomb Raider, I think you'll like it a lot more. Yeah. Um. If you, I was just yeah. waiting for the uh, the jump in the pool scene off of the pillar. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was like the one thing uh, I was it, missing. It, maybe that's in the. Maybe that'll be in the editor's yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, go ahead. Okay. What we're doing. Well, that's it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fizzle. We did it. Uh, that's it for this uh, master category section, which means that's it for this episode. You can find it on mofonepodcast.com where you can find show notes and links to everything going on. Did your video just cut out? Yes. Cool. <laughs> cool. Literally just now. Um, uh, if you are watching this on YouTube, you can click all the links right below us. Uh, but you can find all this information and uh, follow along. Buy some of this stuff. Go watch. Go listen. Go whatever it is that we talked about. Go do those things um, because it's uh, that's what we're here for. We're here to help uh, continue the pop culture scene one episode at a time. I assume uh, that you'll replace my picture with a picture of Nick Frost. Nope. Yeah. It'll be your Patrick no video. No, no, no. Luke. Do a picture of Jack Frost. <laughs> um, and uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash remove one podcast, throw a couple dollars into that bucket, and it will help us out so, so much. Um, it will help continue to do what we do. We have some stuff coming up next week. We will be in Baton Rouge, Louisiana for crop. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> Uh, the lineup is incredible. Uh, Matt Dawson, who is our guest this week, um, we're doing a we're doing a replay episode with that. Um, he's so cool. Like yeah. he's just a, the coolest, chill, down to earth guy. Um, and he puts on crop, and it's a great. He's a great event host. Um, so come on out and see us and see some of uh, what we have in store and get a beignet while you're out there. We will also be the following week at Creative South in Columbus, Georgia. That is going to be so much fun. We're hosting a workshop. We're actually kicking off uh, the conference workshop. Bright and uh, early. That morning. Yeah, bright and early with podcasting, with dummies. It's going to be so much fun. It's limited, so you're going to want to get your tickets. Patrick, what do you want to tell everybody about that? Yeah, you should be there. Um, so so the idea is that uh, if you're looking to start a podcast, if you're um, looking to monetize an existing podcast, if you're you know trying to find new channels for growing audience or better connecting with guests, et cetera, et cetera, these are all topics that are going to be discussed. And in addition, we are going to be um, uh, kind of tailoring the content to the people that are in the room. So yeah. we're purposely keeping it small because we want it to be uh, very uh, applicable to what you're doing. Yep. Uh, right. There'll also be some uh, pretty exciting, uh, um, you know, gifts or uh, giveaways. Mm-hmm. So that's so even in addition to the value of the knowledge you'll get, that that's another opportunity. Um, and beyond that, what I would say is. Um, 
for a lot of people, Creative South is, you know, this could be the only event you go to for the entire year. So go ahead and, and do it upright. I mean, yeah. you know, yes, it, it costs a, a little bit extra money over the, the normal ticket price, but what the, the value this has the uh, potential to bring for the work that you're doing in our, you know, over the next few years and uh, the way this can grow what you're doing, uh, it's absolutely uh, a drop in the bucket for yeah. the return you'll get. So um, yeah. do it up. CreativeSouth.com. Bring coffee. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, maybe the giveaway would just be a cot with like 10 minutes of silence. <laughs> we'll let one person sleep in the corner for the whole time. That's a good we'll giveaway. Just, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I'm going to rig um, that for me. <laughs> um, and uh, man, what else? You can find all this stuff at mbofonepodcast.com uh, where you can find an archive full of incredible uh, guests and conversations that we've had. Yep. Of, join the Slack channel. Go to mbofonepodcast.com slash Slack and join the conversation in there. We're all over social media. Just search mf one Podcast. Like and subscribe and share and rate and review on all the different platforms. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on Spotify or iHeartRadio, comment, uh, follow, like, and all those things. Share. That helps us so, so much. It doesn't cost you anything um, and takes very little time. So thank you uh, if you are supporting the show. And, and if you're not, come on now. Just just help us out a little bit. Yeah. We need help. <laughs> we need help. Um, but uh, I think that's going to be it for now, right? Yeah. Yes. We're going to hop out of this one. I'm Andrew. I'm Patrick. And I'm Luke. Peace out. Frost. Hold on to your butts.